So this week's Torah portion reading is an interesting one. We start off with the red heifer. I love the red heifer. I think it's one of the mysteries that God has. The rabbis decided that for a red heifer to be pure, it couldn't have more than two black hairs. I know I would be out. But that is so interesting to see how that how it comes out and how they handled that. But this week, if you also notice, it also dealt a lot with death and how we were to deal with death. And that's really what's an interesting part of what's going on. Because when one generation passes away, the next generation has to step up. So that means in a few years we'll have millennials running the world. Any of you scared? I am. <laughs> we won't have elections anymore. They'll just feel everyone will be fine because we'll all get a participation award. Just for showing up, right? We won't have debates anymore because everybody wins. <laughs> there are no losers, right? Sorry if you're a millennial and I'm picking on you, but get ready. <laughs> but right, we had to prepare for that next generation. Really what we kind of see in the scripture this week is the start of that. First we see Miriam passing away, Moses' sister. And during that time of grief and sorrow, because they were very close, weren't they? Think about this. This is the woman who made sure her brother would survive. She was the one who took her brother and put him in the basket and put him in the water. She could have let him just drown, right? But then she saw. She must have pushed it the right way when the right flow of the water, right? The Pharaoh's daughter saw the child, and she suggested a nurse for the baby. And that child lived. So they were very close. You can imagine the heartbreak that was going on. Not only that, he had to deal with, depending on how you want to look at it, either hundreds of thousands or up to millions of coveting Jewish people and some Gentiles thrown in. Man, again, what are we hearing complain about? It's too hot. It's too cold. Right? No water. And I see it. We, we still have that. Set. Man, you said it. It's, I, I think this is hilarious. And it's a, this will be a true. You should do this as a test. If you want to see how people mindset are, Take a group of Southern Baptists, send them into a restaurant. Make sure all the food comes out wrong. And what will happen? They will eat it and not complain. Am I right? They won't say any? Come on now. If you've eaten with the Southern Baptist, come on, I have a Southern Baptist mother-in-law. They will, they will just eat it. It doesn't matter if it's horrible. They'll eat it. Methodists are the same way, right? They'll just eat it and be done with it. They won't say, they'll just never go back, right? You put a group of Jewish people in a restaurant, 
and that food is bad, not only will it be returned, the manager will be out and the whole meal will be free for the entire place. Right? They do not take that for granted. I think it's hilarious. Don't tell me I'm the only one who's ever experienced that. Right? But it's a mindset. And here they are, kvetching again against uh, Moses and Aaron. What does Moses do in the fit of really of, of mourning and anger? He forgets one simple step when he smacks the rock. And God punishes him, doesn't he? Or does he? See, was it that he sin- did, did Moses sin? Or was it that a new leader had to be put in place to take the people into the promised land? See, some people are good to take us through the wilderness, but you need a different type of leader when you enter the land. You know, some people have, if, you ever, if you've ever been around an entrepreneur, someone who's into business, right? They can, they're creative. They can come up with the idea, but many times they can't get it into motion. Or they get it into motion, but they can't take it to that next level. Because that's not how their mind works. That's not how their leadership style is. Think about it. When you're in the wilderness, all you got to do is follow Moses. That's pretty easy, right? But now you get in the land. You're going to have to start building. got to deal with sewer, right? Electrical, plumbing. When's the internet going to be in? Right? They had all those problems to deal with. Okay, maybe they didn't have internet back then. And they didn't have what? Okay, they didn't have electric. But you understand. They had sewer. I know that. Right? And you've got to get them water because that's all they complain about in the wilderness, right? And the food. You've got to have them food. There you go. They were over the manna. They saw one more piece of manna that was it. Right? But what we really see taking place is God preparing that next generation to bring them in. And that's why, you know, we always pray for the, the, the generation coming up. Why? Because we want them to be greater than they were. Praise the Lord, it's happening now. I hear the shofar blast. Or it's just a phone call. But who is ready? My shoot, I'm telling you. We're, come on, get the jump going, right? If I started doing that when that was going off. All right, people online are going, what's he talking about? Someone's phone went off and it was a shofar blast. Right? If, if I had done that, y'all been worried, weren't you? <laughs> All right, where was I? All right. But preparing that next generation. Because, see, that next generation is what's going to bring them into the promised land. That next generation is going to be the ones who produce and create it all. (laughs) I would turn it to vibrate. (laughs) We were ready that second time, see? This is a test. This is only a test, right? So, but we need to prepare that next generation. 
Because if we don't have that next generation ready, what's going to happen? Right? One day they're going to be the leaders. And so what we see here is the generation literally dying off in this chapter. In this one chapter we lose both Aaron and Miriam. But I love the picture when you're reading it, when Aaron goes up to the mountain, what does he do? He gives his garments to his son. See, it's that transition from generation to generation. And we need those, those reminders of what was in the past and what's coming up in the future. You know, maybe you heard the story, I wear a ring in my right hand, it has a diamond and a, a ruby on it. And this ring has very special meaning. My dad wore, not this ring, but another ring just like it. And it was given to him from his father. And I always remember growing up, my dad would wear that ring. My birthstone is ruby, so guess, who I, guess what I figured? One day when, I, when he passes, I would get that ring. And then one day I noticed he wasn't wearing that ring anymore, and he gave it to my brother Jay. And I'm like, wait a second. But my dad, you know, he was like, you know, you know there's times that that generate, they start giving their stuff. And he gave me a nice one. And I asked, I said, why don't you give me that ring? He said, well, I just you know, thought Jay would. I have another ring that my dad had. So I really couldn't complain because I got my dad's bar mitzvah ring. He had his bar mitzvah. My dad's initials and my initials are the same. So that's probably why the only reason why he gave it to me. But that's another story. I'm not going that. The, the doctors have worked with No, just kidding. <laughs> so it made sense that he gave Jay this ring. But one day, my brother and his wife, Jay and Pam, they were actually in that she loves to go antique shopping. And this ring was from the 1930s. And she found another ring and gave it to her son. But then she started a quest. And you know she found this same ring. She, she had people going, scanning the internet for her. She found a ring for not only every sibling, but all of our children and even some of our cousins. So it's a constant reminder of that previous generation and what they made us. You know, when, when my ancestors, you know, I'm only second generation American. If it, we, you know, if my grandfather didn't come here, I'd be doing this in Russian. Das Vadanya. Right? And that first generation, they came over. My grandfather was a farmer. But in one generation, they became doctors and lawyers and businessmen. See, the next, and the next generation, the same and the same. And that's what we're supposed to do. Prepare that next generation so they can be even greater than we are. That they can have more. And that's what God's calling us to do. And that's really what this is about. It's preparing the death of one generation so that the next generation can come forward. Can start teaching us and lead us. 
You know, we need, there, there's times, I remember when we started a congregation down in Macon. And I prayed about it, and the Lord said, you will be the first, but you won't be the only rabbi there. You're to bring it to a point. And then the next rabbi was to take it to the next level. And you know what? You can't be jealous of that next rabbi. Because you know what? He couldn't have done what I did. And I might not have been able to do what he did. But we brought that congregation when it was time. God told, he put on our hearts when we had started this congregation as well. And we knew we, this was our home. This is where God was calling us to. And so we started looking for rabbis. But I didn't do it the old-fashioned way, you know, put an ad in the paper. We actually started, we had guest speakers start coming. And they didn't know it, but we were interviewing them. And we would watch, and, and there was one that I really, there was one I really thought could possibly do it, but he got up there and just, it was good, nothing wrong. But then Rabbi Hirschberg came up from Florida. He lived on the beach. And he came and he got on stage. He was an assistant rabbi at that time. And as soon as he got on stage, God said, there's your man. And he preached, and man, it was good. And we went up to him afterwards and told him what we wanted to do. He goes, are you crazy? I live in Florida on the beach. You want me to come to Macon, Georgia? <laughs> Macon, Georgia, where there is no beach. I just said, pray about it. He prayed about it. He called me up. He said, I don't like the answer God gave me. <laughs> and he accepted the position. And this is the time when the economy was a little bit bad, and we figured it was going to take months for him to sell his house in Florida. Why? Because it was taking months to sell houses in that area. So we were going to fly him up every once a month at least to be with us. He put the sign in the yard. Less than 24 hours later, it was under contract. See, when God is in control, he's in control. And he placed it in the right time, in the right situation. Rabbi Hirschberg took that congregation and has grown it. They got their own building. It's doing tremendous. And see, that's what, but God started, we started it so that he could take it to that next level. I pray one day when I'm about 90 and ready to retire here, <laughs> that that next, per, the, the person who's coming next after me will make this congregation even better. And that's what we always have to remember. That's what we have to strive for in our business and in our life. Is that that next generation can do an even greater job. We got to teach them and guide them. Hopefully they'll listen through those teenage years. How do we make it through? Right? Then they get in their 20s. And they realize, oh, I got to work. I got to pay bills. Oh, 
Life is different now. Now I gotta, I mean, wait, wait, my parents were right. Wait, how could this be? Right? It's coming, parents, trust me. I'm almost there. I'm almost, she's 18, I'm almost there, right? But that's what the amazing thing that takes place is watching that next generation grow to that point that they can take over. You know, sometimes that previous generation looks at things differently. It reminds me of a, a joke. I normally don't tell jokes, but Otis has rubbed off on me. Hopefully it'll be better than Otis's jokes. But I remember a, a father had a business clothing store. He gave, gave it over to his son. Next day, the father walks by the store and says, closed for inventory. The father walks in and goes, Shmuel, where's Shmuel? That's his son. Calls for Shmuel. Shmuel comes up. What do you want, Papa? I'm busy. We're taking inventory. Why are you taking inventory? We've got to know our beginning inventory, our ending inventory, so we know how much profit we make. He goes, you want how much profit you make? He goes, yes, that's what we're doing. This. You got to do this. You gotta, the, for, he goes, get me two shoe boxes. He goes, Dad, I don't have that. He goes, get me two shoe boxes, three thimbles, and a yard of fabric. He goes, Dad, I don't have that. He goes, do it. Of course, he has to listen to his father. He brings it to him. He said, here, Papa, what do you want now? He goes, you see this? He goes, this is what we started with. He goes, you see all this? That's the profit. Now open the doors. <laughs> you know, this, dude, <laughs> you like that one, huh? That was good. See, that's how you tell a joke. <laughs> but we need a lot. <laughs> I'm getting the eyes from my wife in the back. I'm in trouble. <laughs> She's now rolling back. Well, <laughs> every Jewish comedian has the same jokes. They just use them over and over again, right? <laughs> So what we have to remember that, you know, when we're, we're teaching this next generation, but this next generation can teach us too. See, they have their, their ways that they're going to do things. And we can learn from them and grow. And that's what we see getting ready to take place. Moses took us out of the promised land. I'm out of, out of Egypt to head towards the promised land. But Joshua is going to make that the place where we can call home. He's going to take that next generation. Right, Israel? Give him that bottle. <laughs> He's going, give me the bottle. But that next generation is going to what makes the difference. And we can't be afraid of it. And that's what we see taking place. The old is dying off that the new may step forward, may go into their place. You know what? They're going to do things differently. They're going to use modern technology that we don't understand. I never got into Twitter, Tweeter, Twatter, whatever that was. I'm not a Twitterer. 
I'm barely on Facebook, right? But man, you get those kids, man, they're, they're Snapchatting, they're doing all this Instagramming and all this stuff and communicating to people, right? We can learn from that. I agree, Israel. Dada. <laughs> He's taking after his dad. <laughs> But that's what we see taking place. The preparing of that next generation. God is bringing them forward. You know, we're, we're so blessed here at our congregation. You know, our, our younger kids are involved. They're, for some reason, they're, wearing, they're all dressed up today just because one of them came back home from the military. I thought it was because of my birthday, but hey, if they want to say it's because of him coming back, that's one thing, but you know, Adrian, it's good to have you back. He did have, a, he, he, he fractured his knee while he was there, so he's had to have some recovery time and Keep him in your prayers. See what God wants him to do in the future. But we're glad you're back. You made it safe. Did you have fun? No. <laughs> Going into the military, did you think you were going to have fun? Good. <laughs> All right. But that's preparing that generation. It's getting them ready. And that's what we see taking place here is this transition time as bringing it in. Because Moses was great leading us through the wilderness, but he wasn't the man to establish the new land. And that's really why I believe God stopped him from entering. He got to see the promised land. He did his part. And he's remembered as a great leader for that. But Joshua was the one that was going to lead him in. Lead him into victory. Think about it. He was the one who could stand up. When everyone else was saying, no, they're too big. And his response to him is, God is with us. Who can be against us? Let's go take him. He wasn't afraid of man. He was willing to listen to God. And that's what we see taking place. The generation that, that Moses grew up in complained a lot, didn't they? Amen. He had to get rid of them all. Amen. But he saved Joshua to bring them in. He was the only, there was only two from that generation, was it? Joshua and Caleb. Caleb. Jew and Gentile enter the land together. We don't just need to look at what was going on in the surface. We got to look at what was on behind the scenes. God was bringing all of us into the land. And that generation will guide us. And we're going to see what happens as we continue in the Torah readings of how God is preparing us for that generation.
And I want to encourage you. We're going to the promised land next year. Start putting the money aside now. Go with us. It's going to be an amazing tour. Enjoy learning. Because, man, it's one thing when you talk about it. How many of you heard that they found a new street that, um, that Yeshua walked on? Oh, some of you do read the news nowadays. Right? It was on YouTube. Oh, sorry. It was on YouTube. So you know it's got to be true if it's on YouTube. Well, I saw it on Fox News, right? That they found, the, 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 and it's a walkway that would have gone from the outside of Israel into uh, the temple. And they said, you know, there was a whole big thing. The Jewish community, was that's how they promoted it. This is where Yeshua walked. That's pretty good, huh? Didn't say this is where King David walked or this is where the local rabbis walked. They said Yeshua. So go with us, see the walk where Yeshua walked. That's our theme, I guess. Right? But be that next generation to enter into the land. Because it's truly an amazing time. And as our next generation grows up, encourage them. You know, we're blessed here in our congregation. Our kids, I was saying this earlier, you know, they, they work on the, the sound and the video and they do stuff. And we can learn from them. How many of you enjoyed them coming up and doing the uh, weekly Torah readings? Didn't they do a great job? We're going to see more of that. Because we need to hear from that generation. And that's what God's calling us to do with this chapter. To see what that next generation's going to do. Because they're going to be even greater than this one. And that's all that we ask for. I want you to bow your head and close your eyes. Abba Father, we come before you right now. Lord, we thank you for the blessings that you've given us here. And Lord, as... We see generations coming up. Lord, let us be able to give them the wisdom that you've given us. Let us be able to pass it along so they can bring us in, even into an even greater place than we are now. Lord, let them be our future. Raise them up. Make them strong men and, and women of God. We ask this in your son Yeshua's name. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. Amen.